the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. Have you heard that some people have a nose for news? Well, Eric has a nose for everything. That's why this is called The Show About Everything. Now, welcome your host, who definitely passes the smell test, Eric Metaxas. Hey there, folks. Uh, I am excited, just generally. Um, but also specifically, because right now I get to talk to my friend, Jason Jones. Jason, welcome back. Aloha, Eric Metax. It's great to see you. Now, you say aloha as though perhaps you're in Hawaii. Would that be, uh, would that be an accurate yeah. inference that I made? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to inspire envy with you and the rest of your audience. I am, yes, I am in Hawaii. Because I've never been in Hawaii in my life, uh, it's hard for me to be envious because I'm not aware of how wonderful you would claim it to be. But, yeah, the weather here is not, uh, it's not tropical. I'll give you that. Uh, January in New York is not tropical. You were, you've been on the program. We've talked about a lot of different things. You, you're all over the world. You go into uh, war zones. You do a lot of things. You're, you're hard to, uh, to describe. Um, I want to talk to you about Pope Francis, if he's actually the pope, whatever, whatever he is. Uh, you've written an article about that. Uh, I want to talk to you about a few things. But first, let's talk about where you are and why you are there. Yeah, I'm in Lahaina, Eric, and as you know, I run an organization, the Vulnerable People Project. Our mission is to stand with the most vulnerable people in the world in the midst of genocide, democide, war. And I've I've lived in Hawaii most of my life. We live in Texas now. My children are Pacific Islanders. This is where their family is from. And so to have to go to Hawaii to do what it is that I do, to do my job, was quite startling. I was in D.C. just I had just returned from Ukraine. I was with some evangelical leaders from Ukraine talking to the media, talking to you and members of Congress about Putin shutting down the evangelical churches and the occupied oblasts. When I started um, getting text messages from my friends in Maui and in Lahaina about what was happening, and it was it was really unimaginable. So just a few weeks after being in eastern Ukraine or in, in, in Zaporizhia, I was on a plane to Lahaina. Um, and what I witnessed in Lahaina was the only thing I can compare it to was going through villages in Iraq that had been burned to the ground by ISIS and because there was nothing left. Um, so it was, it, was, it was really heartbreaking. So I'm here now. We're doing a documentary called Investigating Lahaina, where we're getting to the bottom of how could this happen in the United States of America um, what in the heck is going on now? It appears to be ethnic cleansing of the Native Hawaiians who've lived there since before statehood. Before hold, it was hold, hold on there, partner. You just said something. I don't want to skip past that. You're somebody I trust. You said, you just said, 
somehow you think this has to do with ethnic cleansing of the native Hawaiian people. If anybody else would say a thing like that, I, I don't know that I would take it seriously. When you say it, I take it very seriously. So you're implying uh, nefarious actors involved in the fires that raged and destroyed Lahaina a few months ago. Yeah, whether it was intentional or not is what the documentary wants to get to the bottom of. And I don't use the terms ethnic cleansing lightly. As I said, I've been in Iraq. We've, we're working in Artsakh with the Armenians. And, and obviously, this isn't like an ISIS-style ethnic cleansing. But the reality is the Native Hawaiian community, half over half of Native Hawaiians now live outside of Hawaii because they just can't afford to live in the, their home. And um, now in Lahaina, they're talking about not rebuilding it. They've actually removed all of Front Street, which is they had a, a town council where they brought everyone in to talk about their memories of Front Street, which is where all their memories are. And then they um, promptly said, well, we're not going to be rebuilding it. We're moving the line back um, right to basically where Lanakila Church is, the church that didn't burn down. And uh, we're not going to build. So all of the homes that these Native Hawaiians had, these Kama'aina families had, these families that have been in Hawaii for a century or more, uh, those homes, those apartments, nothing, those businesses will not be rebuilt. But here's the kicker, Eric. And this is why I'm glad you give this platform for me to share this, because I know a lot of your audience loves Hawaii. They love Maui. They love Lahaina. They said because of global warming and the rising oceans, um, now that there was a fire, they're not going to be rebuilding blocks and blocks and blocks of homes, of businesses. Because of Um, global warming, they said. It's unbelievable. And it all ties together. When we're talking about Pope Francis, we're talking about um, well, you know, when I brought that that young woman, the survivor of ISIS and the Kurdish doctor that was allowed herself to be captured by ISIS to care for the Yazidi girls, the Muslim Kurd, my friend, Dr. Ghaffari, who actually died two years ago in Syria rescuing Yazidis. And she was on your show. The, the two of us, when we went to the U.N., in, in the face of Shirin, the Yazidi survivor of ISIS, they said, ISIS exists because of climate change. Okay, so you have to remove the Hawaiians from Lahaina because of climate change. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the Holocaust happened because of climate change. I just want to be clear. And the Spanish Inquisition. Pretty sure most of that was climate change. Uh, Adam and Eve, you know, ate the apple. Climate change. Let's be honest. There's no evil uh, other than climate change. So this is so sick that I have to joke about it. But what you're yeah. saying, I, I believe, because I, I don't want to read between lines too much, but I, I'm trying to get a sense. You're basically saying that wealthy globalist elites want to settle in Hawaii, and they are very happy to use any means necessary, uh, including a tragic, raging fire, uh, to push out people so that they can have it to themselves. Oprah Winfrey being among those guilty of this. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's embarrassing to have, you know, I, what I've been saying for 30 years trying to bang drums across Hawaii is they, they're removing the stakeholders. And those stakeholders are, of course, first and foremost, the Native Hawaiians. But then there's the local community, which we would call Kama'aina, which were called Kama'aina in the kingdom. These are the families, the children of the land that are Okinawan, Portuguese, Chinese, Japanese, uh, Holy White. We've all been intermarrying now for generations. Like I have cousins and nephews and 
you know, aunts and uncles that are Hawaiian, Chinese, Filipino, Portuguese. So they're all together. Well, it's a bit embarrassing, I guess, for Oprah to, and her friends. But I, I want to give Oprah some credit. She's one of the people who kept her promise to the people of Lahaina. That money's being spent uh, now. It took them a little while, but they're doing it. And I want to give her credit. But, you know, these wealthy stakeholders, I mean, these wealthy folks don't want stakeholders here. It's, I guess it's embarrassing. Maybe they'll keep enough to do hula shows. Or maybe their children can take hula and then they can they can perform the hula for their their, 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 their tours. I don't know, but but, the, but here's the reality: since the early '90s, with transnational agreements that removed the largest industry from Hawaii, which was agriculture. Once agriculture was removed, um, then the wind began sweeping the families away to the mainland. And if you are a native Hawaiian grandma and grandpa, working class. But you may happen to live in a home that your family's had for 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. You're working class, but you live in a home. If you looked at their home on Zillow, it would be worth $2 million, but it's 1,800 square feet. Um, and that's all that family has. They can sell that house. And now guess what they can do? They can go to, they go to Las Vegas or San Diego and they buy McMansions. But guess what? They're losing their community, their culture, their family, their friends. And it's not a short flight. Hawaii is the furthest place in the world from any other place in the world. And so, you know, the Vulnerable People Project, we have been committed to, you know, trying to leverage influence and power for ethnic and religious minorities that are, are powerless, um, whether it's the Yazidi or Christians in Iraq or Christians in Artsakh. Um, but now we have in, in the state of Hawaii, very clearly, these fires are being used as an opportunity to live, you know, to, um, to, it's a snatch and grab of the most valuable land in the world. I mean, it's, you know, Lahaina and that front street is some of the most, it's probably, you know, I travel the world, Eric, and everywhere I go, I ask myself, is this more awe-inspiring than where I'm from? And the answer has always been no. Um, but to these humble families, I tell you what, it, it's devastating. It's heartbreaking. You could go on YouTube and watch the interviews of the local families. Um, just in one parish community we're trying to serve, there's 82 families that are going to become homeless because they'll be evicted. Uh, we're uh, going to go to a break. Forgive me, uh, folks. Please don't forget to go to metaxastalk.com. Uh, CSI, we're freeing slaves in Sudan. We need everybody to help. Uh, it's not over. Metaxastalk.com. Please go there. We'll be right back. Folks, right now in other parts of the world, people's lives are being threatened simply for believing in Jesus. People have been enslaved for their faith. So listeners to this show know that I'm passionate about the work of Christian Solidarity International because they protect and free those who are being persecuted and enslaved for their Christian faith. I've got to thank you for your life-changing generosity for years now. If you've given a CSI through this program, you have played a role in freeing literally thousands of of captives. So as we near the end of this year, can I ask you to give once again your gift of just $250 will free a woman in Sudan who has been enslaved for years. You can buy a believer's freedom and provide her with food and other supplies necessary to start her new life. Just $250. Maybe you can give more and free more people. Call 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522, or go to metaxastalk.com. Please do it, metaxastalk.com. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. 
In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against the volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com check it out hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Just yesterday morning. They let me know. Welcome back. Uh, I have the joy of speaking with my friend Jason Jones. Uh, he's with the Vulnerable People Project. Um, Jason, you were just talking about uh, where you grew up, Hawaii, the plight of the native Hawaiians. Um, and this is, you're saying it's not just tragic, but it seems intentional. In other words, it doesn't seem that. I, I, here's, the, here's the point. There's an irony uh, or a hypocrisy on the part of these elite liberals uh, who are coming in, uh, displacing um, these natives, um, and n- not really—they're not really worried about that culture. That that's not a priority for them. I have to say, that's—I wouldn't guess that. I would guess that your standard uh, wealthy liberal would care about uh those people whom they're displacing yeah i I think maybe your standard wealthy liberal would care or would believe that they care but they're drunk with an ideology and that's this climate cult and uh i I think they actually believe it now here's what you have to understand in this documentary we're going to look at every conspiracy theory but a plot spoiler i think i know the answer Hawaiian Electric, which is owned by BlackRock, for two decades promised to bury the power lines. They didn't because they said the money would be better spent on green energy. So you had above-line power lines uh, and fields of acres and acres and hundreds of acres of wild grass um, where there's regularly hurricane-force winds that were energized. We know that because there were fires that did start that the fire department put out. Whether the major fire was started, it it, it seems so. so you had power lines that should have been buried. 
brakes were not maintained. Why? I, again, I guess burning, you know, grass is bad for the climate, so you don't maintain the brakes. And then the water commissioner didn't release the water because he was worried about water equity. Okay, he had just he has just resigned. Water equity. Uh, I would like to put a bullet in my head when I hear a phrase as infinitely stupid as water yeah. equity. Uh, yeah. It's like talking about racist about water. Um, no, thank you. I'm not interested in discussing that. So this is what people are throwing around. You said who is owned by BlackRock? Uh, Hawaiian Electric. And it was their power lines that it appear were blown down that started this fire. Then sort of there's this, there these vultures that whenever there's a catastrophe come in and offer people pennies on the dollar for their property. And you have families that are working class families that have been sitting on property, their families own for generations, their hearts are broken. And many times the, the, this is where they just lost their family and friends. Eric, when I was there 48 hours after the fire um, through the burn zone, I saw a woman barefoot in a tank top crying and talking to herself. This is things I've seen in a war zone, you know, that where people are walking through where a week ago, their family and their friends, and their neighbors were playing and now their wife and or their husband and children are dead. And so to see this is, is unbelievable. So there are all these conspiracy theories, and a lot of my friends are, are mad at me for originally discounting them, but I'm going to look at all of them. But I really just think it's environmental uh, ideology, and I have a new book coming out where I have a whole chapter on this. What's um, the name of the book that's what, coming out in a couple of months? Well, the, the Great Campaign Against the Great Reset, and I have a whole chapter on the climate cult. And when, what and month is that coming out, The Great Campaign Against um, the Great Reset? It comes out in April. Okay. Jason Jones is the author, folks. He's my guest right now. Uh, write this down, The Great Campaign Against the Great Reset. And what is – do you have a name for the documentary that you're making about uh, Lahaina and the situation there? The working title is Investigating Lahaina, uh, and I suspect that may be the, the title. Um, and when do you suppose that will be finished? We hope to um, be ready in, uh, in about a year. Okay, so not not for a while, but this yeah. is important that you're doing this, and and I'm glad to know you're doing this because a lot of evil things kind of converge in this story. It's fascinating to me when you mention uh, BlackRock, uh, climate change. Um, it's just fascinating, and and I think what it does is it is it underscores that these global elites uh, or these globalist elites. Um, don't care about people. We have to be real clear. Uh, they clearly don't care about people. They claim always to care about people and humanity, but the reality is dramatically the opposite. Um, I want to talk to you about the article you wrote titled, Even Pope Francis Can Smell That the World is on Fire. Where did that article appear uh, even Pope Francis can smell that the world is on fire. It appeared at the stream.org. And I was just telling my wife yesterday, I thank God for the stream.org. I don't know if the stream, if the stream wasn't there, I don't know where I would feel comfortable writing. I think it's probably one of the most important thought sites out there today. I had written an article two couple weeks earlier, criticizing Pope Francis, calling him the victimist Pope that he feigns can, or the first world Pope. He's a first world Pope of first world problems claims to care about the vulnerable, but he's uh, he's really abandoning them. And then he gave this really powerful speech on Christmas where he mentioned everything I said he didn't mention in my article. He mentioned the ethnic cleansing in Artsakh. He had mentioned the catastrophe in Israel-Gaza. He mentioned um, 
you know, Africa and Congo and Sudan. And so I thought, oh, I, you know, either he read my article or he's actually paying attention. And I contrasted that to King Charles, who in his Christmas address said we shouldn't allow the human catastrophes like famine and war to distract us from having compassion for the climate. Yes. King Charles said that? Yes. Is it too late in history to behead him, <laughs> to have him beheaded? If only Parliament no, I don't could, know. could unify around the idea of beheading the current prince, the current King Charles, wouldn't that be a wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if we could all rally around that idea of beheading uh, King Charles? I I almost can't believe you said that. That's that's pretty sick. Yeah, no, it is quite it is it is tragic. But if you look at it, you know, we have our our, our electric vehicles, which I they're not green. I call them black and brown. You know, black coal, brown kids. Uh, that's where you get your electric cars. Um, you know, it's just we're a culture of victimism. We're a culture that feigns concern for the vulnerable, but really where our heads are in la la land. And I'm really concerned when, you know, the most powerful and influential people in the world seem not to, to you know, to be paying attention. They don't have their eyes on the road. And in a world with famine, my organization, as you know, Eric, we're delivering, you've already delivered our first um thousand tons of coal this winter with our coal for Christmas to keep families alive of our Afghan allies and their families and the widows and orphans of our allies who died alive in Afghanistan and in Mongolia when Russia cut their fuel in half. We added Mongolia to our coal for Christmas campaign. And, you know, I get attacked for giving coal to people <laughs> that I'm thoughtless to the environment. I'm giving coal to people who yeah. would die if they didn't have coal. And I can guarantee you their carbon footprint, my in a lifetime is probably less than a mine in a week. Well, look, and, we, yeah. we have to we have to we have to be clear about this. People with this radical climate agenda, let's be clear, they are anti people. Now, that to me is how yeah. you know it's satanic. Anybody that is the enemy of human beings creating the image of God, they're God's enemies. If you don't care about people, you care more about Mother Earth, whatever that means. There's something profoundly uh, sick about that. Um, and now you, you talk about uh, Pope Francis, John Zmirak, who writes for the stream. You write for the stream. Both of you uh, are Catholic Christians, uh, and yet both of you know uh, that this pope um, is is less Catholic than I am. I mean, I don't know how it's possible. Uh, I guess I was talking to John about it a few days ago, but this this nightmare uh, of a statement on blessing same-sex unions. I mean, it is diabolically confusing because it sends the message that wink, wink. Yeah, we're going to, we're not going to, we're not going to say that that is sin. We're not going to say this is God's idea. uh, And this is not God's idea. We're just going to avoid it. And we're going to say, oh yeah, we're going to bless everybody. I mean, it's so cynical that it's painful uh, for anybody you know, who cares about uh, right and wrong, who's trying to process this, anybody who was raised as a Catholic. Do do you have any sense of uh, how that's possible that that could happen? I never thought I would see that in my lifetime. Again, I think it's feigning concern for the vulnerable, uh, for wealth, power, and prestige. It's it's victimism. What was most heartbreaking about that for me was two, two, two things. Number one, what bothers me most is not that Orthodox Catholics like me are, you know, angry um, 
or feel like we're being poked in the eye. What's most upsetting to me is that young Catholics who strive to be holy and want to love God properly but struggle with same-sex attraction will be uh, confused to their mortal peril. That's the point. Is, is that's that- really— that's what really breaks my no, heart. No, that's exactly the, that's the that's the point. We're we got to go to a break here, but I, I just want to say that is the point: is that yeah. if if church leaders are not crystal clear on this, then those who are struggling and looking for guidance and moral support and encouragement in living a holy life, they're not getting that, and so we're throwing them under the bus. Um, we'll be right back talking to Jason Jones. Our website, metaxistalk.com. Please uh, go there. We are freeing slaves in southern Sudan. We want everybody uh, in Sudan, I should say, we want everybody to be involved. Go to metaxistalk.com. Folks, have I told you about Moink, M-O-I-N-K? That's moo plus oink. Uh, I get all our meat uh, and uh, our salmon from them, M-O-I-N-K. Uh, Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught salmon straight to your door. Um, there is so much that I want to say to you uh, about Moink. I don't know. I could tell you one thing. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, said Moink's bacon is the best bacon he's ever tasted. They are people who really firmly believe in the family farm. Uh, Some of you know, I've mentioned this, 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese. I I, I don't need to say any more. Let me just tell you, go to moinkbox.com slash Eric, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Eric. That's moinkbox.com slash Eric. Check it out. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Just the other night, I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, and each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's the point. So approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Welcome back. We're talking to Jason Jones of the Vulnerable People Project. Jason, um, in the article you wrote at stream.org, uh, stream.org, um, you mention uh, the Pope's call for the end of violence in Gaza. And again, this is the level of naivete that's just insane. It's insane. Uh, what does he say? You quote him in his Christmas message. The doddering pope, I inserted the adjective doddering. The doddering pope said, my heart grieves for the victims of the abominable attack of September, October last. And I reiterate my urgent appeal for the liberation of those still being held hostage. Oh, that's nice. Good. Uh, He then says, I plead for an end to the military operations with their appalling harvest of innocent civilian 
victims and call for a solution to the desperate humanitarian situation by an opening to the provision of humanitarian aid. Again, who wouldn't want that? But how naive can you possibly be? This is like John and Yoko saying, give peace a chance. I mean, who? I don't know anybody except for Nikki Haley, who loves war, or Lindsey Graham. But, you know, the idea that there's an easy solution, the whole reason uh, the uh, IDF is in there is because they don't see any other way forward. They, they, I mean, I just find it fascinating that the Pope would, would, would uh, really fuel the blather. Well, here's my frustration with that. And again, I agree with you. There seems to be a lack of consistency and clarity. I do agree and maybe disagree with you. I know I disagree with Zmerak. But I, I, I'm on, I agree with, I think, what's in the most recent poll, I agree with 83% of Israelis that, that they're not proceeding properly and that they're probably undermining Israel's security and interests, which was which, which, the way they're operating in Gaza. Um, but the day that the Pope, Fran- Pope Francis came out um, and, and made the, sta- the statement on uh, same-sex partnerships or whatever he called it, on that very day, Jimmy Lai went to trial. You know, Pope Francis has never spoke out for Jimmy Lai, a Catholic layman, a billionaire who funded freedom activists in Hong Kong who will die in prison. There have been seven Catholic bishops who have been disappeared. He never talked about that. There were, there were, um, you know, three. There's three million Uyghurs sitting in concentration camps in Pope Fran in China. Pope Francis has never addressed that. So I, I do believe, again, even where I would agree with him, uh, I think that the IDF. And I think Netanyahu was able to do in a few weeks what it took Bush 16 months to do, which was um, drop the ball um, and take his eye off of of what his responsibility is, the, the short term and long term security. Okay, so so in, so in the interests of of fairness, because I don't want to be uh, an ideologue any any more than I I I. I um... You know, I don't appreciate it when somebody's being merely ideological. So help me understand your perspective since I respect you on this. In other words, yeah. what is it that you believe uh, Israel is doing wrong in this conflict? Well, here, here you, you can look. We're over, I think, 6,000 6, children killed. So my organization, the Vulnerable People Project, is in daily communication with every Catholic religious leader in Gaza, including the missionaries of charity, another religious order that we helped evacuate the sisters from Ukraine when Russia was shelling their convents. Um, that same day, they were moved to Gaza from Ukraine, so we're in direct communication with them. Uh, about two weeks ago, IDF soldiers, for apparently no reason, launched three RPGs into a Missionaries of Charity home for disabled children. It's just pointless. You yeah, know, hang I think on a the, second. So you're saying that was intentional? I don't, I don't get that. I, I well, also don't I, see it, that happening. Why would they do that intentionally? Well, well, look at the civilian casualties. We, you know, we, we can say we don't believe the numbers, but they've dropped the equivalent of what is it now? Uh, it's over, um, what is it, two Hiroshima bombs. And it's struck, they've dropped more bombs in Gaza than, than Russia has dropped in two years in you, all of Ukraine. I support the nation state of Israel, but I, uh, but I think Israel's best interests are advocated in hunting and destroying Hamas and doing so in a way that preserves their long-term security. There was just a recent poll that came out that I think it's 84% of Israelis went Netanyahu to go. Um, And I know conservatives, my own tribe in the United States, adores Benjamin Netanyahu, 
But as, as an advocate for the vulnerable, I criticized Obama's drone war when he killed thousands of civilians. Well, the IDF has killed a lot more than thousands of civilians in this in, the, in prosecuting this this war against Hamas. Hamas needs to be destroyed. But the the, goal, the government of Israel's primary objective is the security of Israel. And if you just look at public opinion around the world, um, and I think as this war is unpacked, it's going to be very bad. So, I you know the first thing my organization did is I don't even want to say what country, Eric. But there are synagogues and countries around the world that were very vulnerable. On October 7th, VP put armed guards outside of synagogues um, in African countries that were vulnerable to attack. Um, I would like to see the IDF be much more discriminant in its, uh, its prosecuting of this war. And there is and, and it's, it's, it's hard to talk about because Jew hatred and anti-Semitism is something John Zmerich and I have been writing about together for almost two decades, something I'm very much concerned about. And when we talk about what's happening in Gaza, this is fuel to those who want to, to foment Jew hatred and anti-Semitism. But I also think there's a plague where people have less of a respect. I've heard evangelical Christians and others call, um, you know, um, the Palestinians Amalekites and other things uh, and, and advocating for genocide. We have to acknowledge, you know, the oldest Christian community in the world is in Gaza. These are the I mean, descendants look, I, of I don't, James. I don't know anybody— that would be okay with genocide or anything approaching genocide. That's so sick. So I guess those kinds of loons always exist, but I want to be really clear yeah. that uh, that is um, – I'm astonished even to hear that. We're gonna, we'll be right back. Uh, we're talking to Jason Jones. You can read him uh, at thestream.org. We'll be right back. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stop at the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream bed sheets made from the world's best cotton called Giza. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98. These sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code Metaxas at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code Eric at checkout. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-978-3057 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Eric. back talking to our friend Jason Jones. Uh, he has an article at stream.org. Uh, Jason, continue along the lines you were just uh, speaking about and then um, speaking on. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, climate change that you write about again in the article here. Yeah, Eric, I thank you for giving me a chance to talk about this. These are difficult topics, but I really believe that that this these attacks in October 6th, this was Israel's 9-11. But if Israel is as ham-fisted as we were in our response to our 9-11, they will not survive. Um, you know, I, John Zmerich and I, our friendship began over our, our both opposing the invasion of Iraq. 
and I and I think that was a great catastrophe at the time. People thought said I wasn't a patriot. I didn't love my country. I was an infantry veteran, um, but you know I could do the math. And ISIS exists now. They didn't exist before. Al Qaeda is bigger than ever, and the Taliban is back in control of Afghanistan. And I am afraid that the way that that Netanyahu is prosecuting this this war against Hamas has been so ham-fisted that when we talk in 20 years or 10 years or, God forbid, three or four years, I think the evidence will already be overwhelming that um, the response was 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 not um, in, in, in they're not responding in a way that's ensuring Israel's long term security. And so what do you suppose that they should do? I, I mean, I think I asked you this before, but just so I'm clear that they're not doing. Well, I think that they needed to be more judicious. They, they had a, they had the opportunity to take their time. They needed to look for allies in the region and, and unite them together against Hamas. We, we, you know, I'll say the quiet part out loud. We know that the Gulf states um, want Israel to destroy Hamas. We know this, right? Um, we know that Hamas, you, you know, um, that Iran goaded Hamas into doing this to 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 break the agreement with Saudi Arabia. We need the Gulf states and we need um, other Muslim countries to say the quiet part out loud. Israel needed to get to, needed to work with them to encourage them to support them in this war. They definitely need to limit the civilian casualties. They needed to be more thoughtful in protecting Christian communities um, in Gaza and outside of Gaza. You know, um, and but there was this enthusiasm, this this emotion, this rush to action, and um, and I think that's what Hamas wanted. You think that's what Hamas wanted. That's what makes this so interesting. Um, Wow. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit more about King Charles uh, and his uh, passion, it seems, for the issue of climate change. Uh, Has he always been on this bandwagon? I wouldn't be surprised if he had been. Well, you know, you look at the way the British East Indies Company behaved in India, right? You look at the potato famine. I just feel like King Charles has figured it out. I mean, this is when you look at the the exploitation and catastrophe and famine and poverty that the climate cult has created around the world. Um, it's it's just perfect. And you have all these well, it's perfectly diabolical. And you have all of these well-meaning people that express it's it's an act of public piety. A lot of young people. In fact, my first job out of the military is a young man out of the military. I worked for an environmental organization while I went to college called the Public Interest Research Group. I ran the state of Hawaii for them. And it was while working for them that I realized they don't care about clean water at all. That's not what this is about. Um, So you have a lot of young people that want to express concern for the common good, want to let their friends and family neighbors know they're a good person and that they care about them. And, um, yeah, so the Climate Cult presents this on a silver platter. It's easy to do. No one gets mad at you um, for saying that you're concerned about global climate change. Um, But whenever you wade in, just like the tough topic we just talked about Gaza, it creates emotional responses in people. Um, They're complicated. They're tricky. And so when you want to stand with the vulnerable, it always comes with a cost. I've been inspired greatly by the writings of the French anthropologist René Girard. And he says to to stand in solidarity with the vulnerable is to become as vulnerable as they are, indistinguishable uh, from them. And, but of course, when King Charles is standing with the climate, is advocating for the climate, there is, you're exposing yourself to no vulnerability, 
while at the same time abandoning the most vulnerable people in the world. When, when a woman in, in, in Sudan, a country where we work, she doesn't, can't afford gas for her moped or doesn't have a moped, um, she now has to walk five miles a day to get water for her family instead of ride the moped five miles back and forth each time. Every day, I mean, I've been in villages where every day, most of the women's day is walking to get water, bringing water back. They're exposed to attacks by animals, wild animals, um, bandits, the worst sorts of attacks. This is what happens. Well, no, don't give them a moped. Don't give them gasoline. People I get criticized in the, in the, in the who, ugly who, world. Who is behind saying, don't give this woman a moped or gasoline? Who? What voice well, is? Wait, wait. Well, when you... Well, they're not going to say that, right? Um, what they're going to say is that we need to, to a, a world free of fossil fuels. So while um, we're in the coldest winter in, on record in Mongolia, while families are literally freezing to death in parts of the world, the global, global elite met in Dubai um, earlier this or in December. They met in Dubai to call for a world free of coal. Well, okay, how do you have a world free of coal? And when you say you have a world free of coal, we should just say we want a world free of Central Asians. You know, I want a world free of poor Afghans, poor Mongolians. I want it. I want Tajikistan absolutely empty. And that's what they're saying. Um, I, most of them are genocidal lunatics. They're absolutely thoughtless. Like they're absolutely thoughtless, and they're pri- they're um, zipping around in private jets uh, or on yachts. Uh, look, um, the, the hypocrisy, of course, is is staggering. It's absolutely staggering. Um, we can find your article at stream dot org. Yes. Um, and folks, please go to metaxastalk dot com. This is a an urgent appeal. The there are people in Sudan who have been enslaved many, many years ago, and it is up to us to do something about it. Because of CSI, if you go to metaxastalk.com, we can literally free slaves. Every $250 makes it possible to free a slave and set them up in a life of freedom. We're not speaking hyperbolically. This is very real. You can go to metaxastalk.com, see the details. We'd love you to be as generous as you possibly can be. We need your help. Not much time left. Thank you. Central Park and Fall How you tore your dress What a mess I confess That's not all Folks, welcome to the show. You know, at this time of year, we partner with CSI, Christian Solidarity International, to actually free slaves uh, in Sudan. Uh, Todd uh, Chapman is with us to talk about. And Todd, you were saying off the air about the timing with Israel right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think I was thinking about this this morning as I was watching the the news. I think all of our eyes have been fixed these recent days on uh, on the war that's happening. Um, between uh, Israel and Hamas, but also these, uh, you know, what was going to happen with all of these hostages, with these captives. And thankfully, in the past few days, we've seen some of them begin to be freed. 
And I couldn't help Eric, but think that, you know what, there are, um, there are uh, freedoms of people being that have been slaved for decades now happening every year. And I'm not minimizing, I'm celebrating actually what's happening in Hamas right now. But the, by the very token that we're rejoicing that these uh, women and these captives have been set free, we also uh, want to remind you that you have an opportunity to participate in freeing people that have been captive for 20, 30 years now in uh, North Sudan. And that's what CSI does every year. So I just think the timing of this is really great. Uh, but I, it was not lost on me that while, you know, the Hamas situation is getting all of this news play, tens of thousands of, of slaves are freed uh, nearly every year by Christians in another part of the world. And the freedom on both sides is just equally as beautiful. But um, I, just wanted, I just thought that was a good uh, reminder that what we're doing here is absolutely significant. And even though it may not be played out of the mainstream media, God sees what his children are doing and God rejoices and uh, he, he fuels us and funds us uh, to do this work. And so just wanted to offer that as a kind of a different camera angle on what we're inviting our listeners to do today. That's a, that's a good way of putting it. And I, and I have to say, you know, I've, the older you get, the more you realize the mainstream media is a joke. Like they cover Mm. what they cover and there's just an infinity of stuff that they don't cover. They don't cover this. This could be in the news every single day. There are people enslaved for years and years and years. Today, in 2023, there are mm-hmm. slaves today. And you think the whole world would be talking about what can we do to get them out? This is insane. We can't let this happen in this day and age. Is there anything we can do about it? Right. Not a peep. Uh, obviously, on this program, uh, we talk about it because we know about it. And when you know about these things, I hope you talk about them. But I, I want to um, encourage my audience um, tell your friends about this. People are thinking, mm. well, you know what, what do I give for Christmas? What do I do? Well, let me tell you folks, uh, when you realize that $250 can free a human being from slavery in Sudan, this is a reality. They're living this right now while we're, while we're talking on this program, while you're going mm. about your life, they are living in slavery. Hard for us to believe, but it's true. Uh, and we're here to tell you that you can do something about it. So I want to remind you, if you go to metaxastalk.com, you can give. There's a banner right at the top of the page, the CSI banner, Christian Solidarity International, right at the top of the page. And you can give or you can call 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522. And I want to encourage you folks, you know, speaking about the mainstream media, we we are the media. You can take this clip, um, this, we put this stuff on rumble. Uh, we will uh, put this on social media. You can, you can send this to your friends. You can tell your friends about this program, send these programs to your friends, tell them this is a great Christmas gift, or just send them the link to metaxastalk.com and say, Mm -hmm. have you seen this for $250? This would be really meaningful for your church to get involved in. Uh, There are human beings waiting for us to do something about it, or they're waiting for God uh, to move on the hearts of those who profess faith in him to do something about this. You can be that person. I would dare say it's God's will that we be those people. So you can call 888-253-3522 or just go to metaxastalk.com, metaxastalk.com. You'll see the information right there. God bless you as you give. Just 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.